This is Sidebar, where we break away from the echo chamber to give you the inside track on the latest legal issues and trends in business, law, and society, and predict what they mean for your future. Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Sidebar's Future of Litigation season which looks at how the digital revolution is affecting the conduct of disputes and what the wider impact of this could be. I'm Lawrence Lieberman, Disputes and Investigations Partner at Taylor Wessing, and in this episode, I'm going to explore the implications of the courts going digital with my colleague, Senior Professional Support Lawyer Helen Brannigan, and Delivery Director at the Royal Courts of Justice, Lisa John. Let's dive into the discussion. Let's start off the conversation to talk about the CE filing system, which is obviously a a really key component of the court's digitization over the last few years. Lisa, if I could maybe put this one to you in the first instance, and if you could give us an overview of the key efficiencies that you think have been achieved through the CE filing system. Well, I'm not sure if you're aware, but CE filing, it's actually made up of two parts. There's a a sort of a case management system, which is obviously used by the courts to progress cases through the system. But then we've got the e-filing system, which is the front facing element of CE file, which is what the professional users use to submit documents and fees online. And since that's been introduced, we have been able to turn and respond to work within 24 hours prior to the introduction of CFA when people had to actually physically come into court to lodge documents, pay fees, or if not coming into court, they had to actually send them in by post, then sometimes that could take, you know, up to a week for us to process those documents. And actually, on occasion, sometimes it could take as much as three or four weeks. Um, so the, the real key efficiency has been in and around time and a reduction in the need for people to have to attend court. But one of the other really big benefits is the fact that the users can actually access the system themselves to progress, to, to actually look to see where a case is in the system and to get a sort of a progress update. Uh, and, and that means people don't have to call the court to find out what the latest position is on their case. Yes. And um, I think one of the other the other points that we've that we've been talking about is what's sort of coming next for CE file in terms of the next release. And would you be able to elaborate a little bit on the this this ability uh, to digitally transfer a case? Um, Be really interesting to hear your thoughts on that. Yes, of course. I think, as you've alluded to, not everything um, has been made digital as of yet. So not all our processes are digital. And actually, One of the key challenges for us has been our ability to transfer cases between courts and divisions. So we often have to transfer cases from the likes of Chancery Division to the Commercial Court, both of which are on CE file. 
But actually, the way in which the system has been set up, we actually have to manually transfer those cases from one version of CE file to the other. And later this month, we're seeing a new release of CE file. And actually, it will allow us to transfer the cases with the press of a button, which really is going to speed up that process for for moving cases between courts. And and that is quite a a common occurrence, actually. That's a real plus coming, as I said, later this month. Yeah, no, that's great. I've got a a case at the moment where there's an application to transfer from one court to another. So I can see how digitising that process will be efficient, both for yourselves, but also for litigants. That's very interesting. Helen, can I ask you, do you have um, any response to that? Any thoughts of your own on this issue? I mean, there are a number of uh, practical benefits. From a practitioner's perspective, there's so much more transparency now about how a case is progressing, and it's so easy to access the documents on a case. And as Lisa says, to get a quick status update. Previously, when there was any hearing, files literally had to be wheeled around the building, and much time was lost with the logistics of getting case papers to where they needed to be. So the CE file system has made a very significant impact on the efficient running of hearings. And then coming to the physical attendance at court, like many firms, Taylor Wessing has an outdoor clerk and that job of outdoor clerk was you know, to trip down to court and put in all these documents. That has totally changed. We still see a value in actually having our outdoor clerk kind of control the flow of filings all done through the CE system because it's helpful to have someone who can double check that everything's in the right form for the court and also to have someone who's a point of contact for the court because clearly sometimes there are discrepancies and problems. But what's great is that we don't have to rely on that person. Anyone can use the system. So it's not dependent on someone knowing the geography and the processes that court um, uses. And of course, as a lawyer, dealing with lots of difficult and strict deadlines, the fact that you can file 24 hours a day and you don't have to uh, wait um, to attend court and to queue at the filing desks is a massive benefit. Yeah, no, I completely endorse that that last point. I mean, I... There's always that um, historical anxiety when you knew that you had a the old 4pm filing rules, filing deadline, and uh, you have to had to get your papers together and then give them to the outdoor clerk who had to race down to court and hope the desk was open and so on. So yeah, it's that's been a huge, a huge benefit. Just moving on to a related topic in some respects, which is litigants in person. Clearly, uh, the CE filing system is something that litigants in person can use. What support Lisa is provided to litigants in person generally and others that might be unfamiliar with the with the court system? Well, the system itself is actually relatively easy to use, but I think in designing it and in um, setting it up, we recognise that the importance of making sure there was really detailed guidance and easily accessible guidance for the users of the system, whether that be litigants in person or people who just needed some support um, to understand how it works. And the actual CEFAR pages on the website have detailed guidance and screenshots which show people how to navigate the system. But actually, in addition to that, the business and property courts themselves also provide support to people that are struggling with e-filing. People can contact the court or attend the court in person and the staff there will take them through what it is they need to do 
and how they need to do that. So they will help them to get the information onto the system. And we also have a scanning suite in the building, which enables them to scan their documents to upload them onto CE file. So there is a huge amount, I think, of help and support available both to litigants in person and also professional users who are unfamiliar with the system. And I would just add on that, that litigants in person can still file documents on paper if they would prefer to. So that is still feasible. But ultimately, we will try and um, support people in using the system as best we can. Helen, did you have any views on the benefits of this in the context of litigants in person or perhaps less sophisticated court users? Yes, I mean, I think just to add to what uh, Lisa has said is, you know, access to justice is always at the forefront and at the heart, really, of all reforms. And in many ways, I think for a lot of litigants in person, people not familiar with courts, the ability to use an online system actually is quite helpful because, you know, the court can be a very daunting place. So I think, you know, the fact that there is support there is very important uh, because there's always going to be a section of our society that don't have access to the internet. But I think on the whole, the online availability is going to be helpful. You're listening to Sidebar. Subscribe now for the inside track on the latest legal issues and trends in business, law and society, and what they mean for your future. I'm going to put this next point to you, Helen, first, if I may, and then see if Lisa wants to comment. Just bringing this back to the experience really of the last year or so, we're nearly at the anniversary of the first lockdown. We've all been managing to do our jobs uh, during the pandemic. But Helen, how do you think that the business and property courts have responded to the pandemic overall? They've been remarkable. I mean, nimble and flexible are both words that I would use um, in terms of their ability to adapt to the changes uh, that have been necessary in order to deal with with what uh, the effect of the pandemic has been. And, you know, bringing it back to the CE file system, the filing of documents is critical to the litigation process. You know, filing late can actually jeopardise your very ability to bring a claim. Um, It can also result in the strikeout of a claim. So from a lawyer's perspective, it's incredibly important to have a system which is reliable and robust. Okay, Lisa, putting the same point to you, um, how how do you think the business property courts have responded from, a, if you like, an internal perspective? Well, I think it's fair to say, really, that the pandemic has demonstrated just how robust and efficient the system is and actually how CE file has really contributed to the running of the courts throughout the last year. The biggest impact we've actually seen has been the fact that the vast majority of outdoor clerks who we would see, you know, coming into the court on a regular basis, they've not actually had to set foot in the building in almost 12 months. And this has had a dramatic effect on the footfall in the building. I was discussing this with my team and actually a real stark illustration of the impact of the reduction in footfall can be seen when you compare the figures that we had coming through the Rolls building last week with a similar week last year. You know, last week we had just under 100 people compared to just under 5,000 people at the same time um, last year. That's a phenomenal impact. 
Gosh, yeah. And Helen, just following up on on that point, I know that we talked about remote hearings as the subject of episode one of the of the podcast series. But just to touch on perhaps a, a couple of points other than the CE filing system briefly, in terms of your thoughts on the other changes that have been introduced as a result of the pandemic by the roles building. Well, I think it's interesting because, of course, the roles building has always been at the forefront of change and innovation. So, you know, for a number of years now. The courts have been using technology, which has meant that even long, complex, multi-party trials, you know, have been conducted with the minimum of paper. I mean, almost to the point of being paperless. So, you know, a lot of that technology was already available um, and already existing and, and the roles buildings were all, already making incredible use of that. I think what the pandemic has done has actually meant that we as lawyers, the barristers and the judges have been forced to take hold of that and and to adopt that existing technology and also embrace the new technology. So as you say, you know, the whole um, point of like doing the remote hearings, which are now so familiar to us. But in fact, what's made those possible is, in fact, the the adoption of a digital hearing bundle, which has all been through the CE filing system. So that really has been kind of the platform which has enabled the new technologies to develop. Thanks, Helen. Um, and Lisa, from your perspective, um, from the RCJ's perspective, um, what, what other changes uh, have been introduced as a result of the pandemic that you that you wanted to touch on? Well, I think as, as Helen's mentioned, uh, and I think as you've uh, alluded to in an earlier podcast, the other huge change for us has been the kind of switch from uh, in-person hearings to remote hearings. That has been a massive achievement for us in the last year and a huge success, I have to say. It's worth noting that in you know the business and property court alone, over 7,000 hearings have been conducted remotely since the beginning of the pandemic. That's a huge achievement, mm. you know, particularly given the frequency at which we had remote hearings prior to that was rare rather than the norm. I think the other real benefit as well, or the other thing to point out is actually as a result of that, we haven't seen very many adjournments as a result of the pandemic at all. And again, keeping the business going to that extent just has been fantastic, really, over the last 12 months. I was going to just also, just going back to the CE filing issue, Lisa, just looking to the future now, is it intended to extend CE filing into any other areas? Well, actually, we have already extended CE filing into other areas. You may or may not be aware, but it has been rolled out to other areas, including Queen's Bench and High Court Family Divisions. And actually, later this month, we will see it released into a number of other jurisdictions, including parts of the Upper Tribunal, the Employment Appeal Tribunal. Um, and then later this year, we'll also see it rolled out to the Court of Appeal Civil Division and the Administrative Court. So we will start to see CE file in the great proportion of high court courts of appeal and upper tribunal areas. The next topic that I wanted to just touch upon, and I think maybe Helen, I'll see what your views are on this first, is do you see that the introduction of digital systems such as CE filing as a fundamental change to the process of accessing justice or an automation of existing processes? I think that the CE file is probably more an automation of existing processes. I mean, I think an example of a more fundamental change to the process of accessing justice is the online civil monies claims, uh, which operates currently in the county court for money claims up to a value of £10,000. 
that process allows a claim to be conducted wholly online and even with some delegation of the judicial role to legally qualified advisors. Although, of course, there's always the possibility to have recourse to a judge. But in those cases, there's no hearings. All aspects of the case are managed online. And it's always interesting to see what happens with processes that are put in place for a restricted category of claims, because often we then see those being adopted more widely and impacting the kind of work we as a firm do. So it'll be interesting to see if this concept of online resolution does evolve and finds place in the higher value, more complex claims. Equally, there's also discussion about the possibility of introducing artificial intelligence in the early neutral evaluation process, which again is something to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And Lisa, the same point to you. What what are your thoughts on that? So I think um, I'm probably a bit more generous than Helen in that, you know, speaking about C-File, I think it's probably been a bit of both. So I think some of it is a bit more radical, such as the online submission of forms and fees. But I do acknowledge that in other areas, we have just automated kind of existing processes. But that said, we do have an excellent culture of continuous improvement within HMCTS. And we are always looking at how we can do things differently. I think sometimes we're perhaps a little bit cautious to start. And actually, sometimes I think it can be difficult to see what the art of the possible is until you have that new system. So I think the jurisdictions where CE file has already been delivered can start to see people coming up with different ideas about how we might be able to do things differently. And I think we will start to see much more of that moving forward. Thank you. Moving on then to, I think, what will probably be our last topic. Lockdown has obviously affected everybody. And how, Lisa, of the roles building courts managed to continue to operate so successfully in the sense of what are the key changes that you think have been made to the way in which you are in the way in which you operate? Um, I think particularly you know, having C file has enabled us to um, kind of embrace the whole concept of remote working in a way I don't think we we probably thought was possible. Prior to lockdown, staff didn't have laptops or phones, so they couldn't work from home. That position is obviously very different now as we've rolled out laptops. And, and actually, if you look at the RCJ group as a whole, in the most recent lockdown, we've had more than half of our people working from home, which is, I think, a remarkable achievement. I think the other crucial thing has obviously been as we talked about earlier, the sheer volume of work that that is actually being, or cases that are being heard remotely. The cloud video platform, or, or I think CV, CVP as it's known, has mm. been rolled out across you know, so many jurisdictions to enable those remote hearings. Plexiglass is commonplace in our courtrooms now. And we've also installed new audiovisual equipment to enable and facilitate remote hearing. And actually, in the roles building, we've got new audiovisual equipment being rolled out into, I think, six of our courtrooms next week. So I think there's been a huge shift change in the way in which we do things. And the kind of reduction in people we have working in the office together with the reduction in users coming into the roles building has actually helped us to ensure that those who do come in are coming into a COVID safe, secure environment. Um, And actually, that 
has been, you know, hugely beneficial and, and I think reassuring to those people who are now coming in. Yeah, very interesting. And Helen, any any final thoughts on this this particular point? Yes, I mean, I'd, I'd add from the lawyer's perspective, I think we've just had a really positive experience during the pandemic with the courts you know, leading the way, really, in ensuring that the work of the courts has continued. Um, as I've said before, they've been nimble and flexible. And only this week, I read about a case where the court ordered substituted service by Instagram uh, when service by traditional means had failed, which really shows that the court is willing to adopt a flexible approach um, and adapt existing procedures to new technologies. And so really picking up on what Lisa has already said, I think it's opened people's minds. And I think we will see more change. Thank you both so much uh, for your views um, and in particular Lisa for your really really valuable insights um, from the RCJ's uh, perspective. We are on a journey here and the ability to embrace technology to make the use of the court system simpler and faster for all litigants is really important and obviously keeps the UK at the forefront of the international fora for dispute resolution. That's it for episode three of the Future of Litigation season of Sidebar. Many thanks to Lisa and Helen for taking part and sharing their unique insights on the digitization of the courts. Our Future of Litigation season continues in two weeks. Watch out for episode four, arriving on Tuesday, 23rd March. Thank you for listening to Sidebar. Tune into our next episode by subscribing now and have the inside track on the latest legal issues and trends in business, law and society and what they mean for your future.